You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Um, I, I, I want to talk to us a little bit about the understanding of church planting today because I, I think it's obviously relevant to what is happening with us as a church. But I also think it is comes from the heart of God's heart for us in this season as Restoration in LA. And God's heart for us, I believe, is to go. And the going sometimes could seem very overwhelming because I think most of us believe that God is going to send us to Africa. Um, but if you know the, the Patrick story, uh, God sent them from Africa to East L.A., and so it's, it's not always Africa that God sends p- people to. Um, it is also East L.A. And I, I really believe that we have to be, begin to take, grasp this as a people because as a people, to be an op- apostolic prophetic people, that word apostolic means um, sent ones, right? And so I know we obviously think apostles and, and people would always like step back and say, whoa, like I'm no apostle. Um, but it's just like the word um, missions or, or missio, right? Um, it, the, the, the word apostolic and the word missio are the same word. One's in, in the Latin and one's in the Greek. And it's those who go, right? And it's not just go. We are going on behalf of God. We are going as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And it doesn't matter if you're going to East L.A., if you're going to Huntsville, Alabama, if you are going to South Africa, if you're going to Mexico, if wherever God is sending you, you should be a person on mission. We should all be a people who say we are willing to go when God says go, right? And that could be um, very, very um, challenging because a lot of times if, if, if we're always talking about the going or always talking about the going, then most people begin to get freaked out and be like, but yeah, but who's going to stay, Right. Um, and I, I, I truly believe that not every person is called to, ch- to plant a church. And so you can all just take a breath right now. It, it, it's, it's, just, it's just like people who adopt or, or I don't believe every person should adopt. Yes, adoption is an amazing, beautiful thing. And yes, everyone should want to participate in caring for orphans and, and things of that nature. But I don't think everyone is called to adopt a child. I don't believe everyone's called to plant a church. But I do believe that everyone is called to go. I don't know where the going would be for you. You need to hear for God what that means for you. But I do believe not only are we to be ascending people, we are to be a going people. And so um, church planting is a part of that. If you think about this, the only thing that Jesus is building on the earth today is the church. And the only process we see that the church is growing is one through salvations, correct? Anytime anyone is added to the church, the church grows. But also through church planting. Church planting is a vehicle for us to take the gospel into new regions and to establish local churches that are going to be a base for saints to come and be equipped, for sinners to come and, and find salvation. And again, the multiplication of the church happens. And so it's not just a good idea. It is a biblical pattern that we are called to plant churches. This is what we see throughout the New Testament. 
the New Testament, as saints were coming to know the Lord, and as the church was, um, I keep stepping on something sticky. Oh, let's see. Sorry. One of those pastor's kids that was eating gum at the at the at the New Year's time. I think I think her name was Ray Ray. Let's see. Anyways, um, so so as as these. As the church was growing, we see something very significant that took place in the book of Acts, and persecution began to come. And as persecution began to come, the saints were scattered. And we have to know that it wasn't God who was causing the persecution, but God did allow the persecution to take place, and that persecution actually allowed the church to spread to new, to new regions where new churches were being birthed. And then ultimately, we see churches begin to plant churches. And we see God's uh, um, church begin to spread globally to the known world and then eventually to the unknown parts of the world. Um, and here we are 2,000 plus years later, a part of this beautiful thing that God prescribed in Scripture. And this is a part of the process that Linton and Sarah are going to be literally a part of. They are going to be taking what God has given them from East LA by way of South Africa, root down in Huntsville, Alabama, and establish a local church there through the saints that will gather with them, through the sinners who will come to know Jesus, and then we are gonna see a multiplication of the church. And this is the pattern, this is the pattern of God. I mean, I really believe that every church should be planting a church. Because if, if, if we're, we are senders, then we should see multiplication of the church in this way. Um, and so the history of our church, you guys might know a little bit of it. So this church was planted um, in 1922 in Boyle Heights. So in, in, in the early 1900s, there were some, you know, kind of revivals going on in L.A., and, and there were some mission churches that were established early on in downtown. And so this church first started as kind of like a, a mission center um, to help out those who were coming to know Jesus and to help out those who were in the inner city. Eventually, a church was established in Boyle Heights. It was called Belvedere Church of the Brethren. That church had... Um, well, that church had its roots from the brethren who had started in Pennsylvania and spread and planted churches all throughout North America, right? And then they had their history from the Germans who had fled persecution from Germany and came to the States to, to, um, to flee the, the religious persecution that they were suffering um, as pietists. And so we just, we see a lot of this different ways that church, church planting takes place and churches are being spread throughout the globe, right? So in 1922, Belvedere Church of the Brethren was established. Um, 1945, Belvedere Church of the Brethren moved from Boyle Heights here to East LA, and then Bella Vista Church of the Brethren was birthed in, in 1946. Uh, in 2010, Bella Vista... Um, was at a crossroads with, with their leadership and um, were really at a place of, of trying to redefine what was going to be taking place with them. Uh, Vanessa and I had come out from Turning Point Church. We're planting a church that at the time was going to be called Revolution Church. And 
So we began to meet in this building. Um, so Bella Vista had let us use the building on Friday nights. We were holding a Friday night service. Um, I began to have conversation with my dad, who was the, was the, was the pastor here at the time. Um, and as he was the pastor here, he, he felt like his season was done, brought that to his congregation and said, hey, what would it look like if we merged with Restoration LA or Revolution at the time? So Bella Vista Revolution became one entity. Um, we, we formed a new church as Restoration LA. Um, and here we are um, 12 years later. This year, we're celebrating 100 years of, as an entity of a church that was birthed from a people that started downtown, that started from people who came from Pennsylvania, that started from people that came from Germany, that started from people that came from Jerusalem. But here's the thing. It has taken 100 years. Listen, friends, 100 years for this church to multiply itself as a church planter. A hundred years. And that's not a knock, but I really believe there's been an acceleration. I really believe that in, in God's heart for Restoration LA and, and where we are going in the future, I really believe there's gonna be an acceleration of church planting from this church as a base. And we never had the, 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 the desire, we, or let me, the vision for Restoration LA was never, hey, we are going to be a base church. I don't believe that there should be a, a concept in our heads of what we're going to be. But when we follow scripture and the pattern of scripture, church planting just comes with the package. So if we are a base church, that, that's, that's not a biblical terminology, but if we are a base church, I believe every church should be a base church because every church should be planting churches and every church should be sending saints from within her ranks to multiply the kingdom of God around the world. And that starts in your sphere of influence. And so, so here we are. Um, we are um, 12 years as Restoration LA a hundred years of our entire history um, and, and inheritance that, that we have, have walked into. Um, and now we are giving birth to a church plant. And I can't tell you how exciting this should be for you because it is for me. How many of you think you're excited? Okay. All right. So listen, so let me, let me go through some things. And um, here's just some notes that um, I've, I've taken down from different friends and uh, about church planting. So, uh, why do we plant churches? We 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 plant churches out of revelation, right? We don't we don't plant churches because hey, it's the next best thing, right? Like we've graduated from from whatever rank of ministry, and so now the next, you know, um, what do you call it? The next obvious choice is to plant a church. It doesn't work like that. And so it, so it would be something like this. Some people think, hey, if you're a really good leader, then you might become a deacon. And then if you're a really good deacon, then you might become an elder. And then if you're an elder, a really good elder, then, hey, maybe you might plant a church. And then if you plant a church, hey, maybe you might come onto an apostolic team and be recognized or, or whatever. We just don't see that in Scripture. We, we don't see that there's, there's like, you know, you go from step one to ten, and then you're a church planter. We don't plant churches like that. We plant churches out of revelation. 
And so Linton and Sarah have had to hear God for themselves. They have had to line up the prophetic words that the Lord has spoken over them. Um, they have had to uh, uh, um, get in the face of God and I'm sure tears and, and, and questions and like, are we really going to do this? All those things have gripped their heart. And listen, at the end of the day, when they go to Huntsville, Alabama, and, and, um, and hard times will come. They're not going to be able to look at each other and say, that darn Jody sent us out here to Huntsville, Alabama. It, it is a revelation that they have heard God. It's their revelation that they have heard God. And, and, and it's our joining in that revelation that they have heard God and trusting. Because honestly, if we didn't trust and believe, then, then I, I don't believe that we would be sending them. I believe we would have done anything we can to say, hey, you know, maybe we need to rethink this. And um, there's been a year of preparation in this. And we really believe that they're ready more than ever to go and do this amazing work for Jesus. And so it has to have from happen from revelation, right? Revealed from God. It has to have a revelation, not just a revelation of the church plant, a revelation of Jesus himself. They have to have a revelation of Jesus himself. We have to have a revelation of Jesus. This is why we do what we do. If, if you lead worship, it should be out of a revelation of Jesus. You're doing it for him. If you, if you minister in, in, in a toddler room, if, if you, if you are, are, are a home group leader, if you are, are someone who is on mission at your job, it, it, whatever it is, it should be out of a revelation of Jesus because of who he is and what he has revealed to you. Uh, in, in your life. And so um, it has to be a revelation, revelation of Jesus. Church planting is not just a good idea. Steve Barr, when, when Vanessa and I were, were going to plant a church, um, and Steve will be here in a couple of weeks, um, he said this to us. He said, if you can go do anything else, go do that. If there is anything else in your heart that you, you think you should be doing, go do that because this is going to be the hardest thing that you will ever do. It's going to be the hardest thing that you will ever do. And it takes serious revelation to know that when it gets hard and when it gets tough and when it's just you and your family in a room holding service and, 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 and you know, uh, and, and, and when you're, you're preaching and, and playing the guitar and, and collecting the offering, all at the same service, um, it, it, it gets hard. You have to know that it wasn't just a good idea and it was, it's for Jesus that we're doing this. And so this is why we plant churches. So listen, um, first thing that needs to take place when, when, when we go into a region, and we see this happen mostly when before churches are planted, we see that saints begin to arise, right? And so Linton and Sarah, uh, when they go, obviously they're going to have to establish an entity as a church with the state of Alabama. But the church won't be a church until there's elders, deacons and saints, because we see that this is, is the, the, um, the biblical picture of, of what a church looks like. It's comprised of elders, deacons, and saints. When the Apostle Paul writes to um, the churches in his epistles, we see to the elders, to the deacons, and to the saints. This is what comprises the church. So as, as they hit the ground, what they will begin to do is gather and, and gather saints, whether they are unsaved and become saved or whether they are, are saints who don't have a local church and come to gather together. And so in this, in order to make saints, we need to make disciples, right? We need to make disciples. Uh, the go, 
We have to know, and the going is assumed in this when church planting because the Great Commission is going to all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, right? So um, we have to go. We have to be a witness. We have to be a witness. Linton and Sarah are going to Huntsville, Alabama to be a witness for Jesus Christ. This is why they're going to Huntsville, Alabama, to be a witness of who he is and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, they are going to be teaching. They are going to be baptizing. They are going to be making disciples. Everything that we do here, they're going to be doing. Um, we see um, um, local churches being planted, Acts 14, 27, right? Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, echoing from planted churches, right? So we plant a church, and then that gospel gets uh, um, is, an, is echoed from that church, and that church plant churches. And so this is how that process works. Um, we see tons of, of, of discipleship making throughout Scripture, and we have to know one of the primary reasons we plant churches is to make disciples. When? Now. Now. It's not like, hey, they're going to go, they're going to establish a church, and then they're going to start making disciples. No, they're going to start making disciples as soon as they touch down. Sound good? Number one, to make, um, to make disciples. Number two, in order to multiply, right? Mission is not something we do, listen, for God. This is not something we do for God. God has always been on mission. God has always been on mission. It has been God's heart since the beginning of creation to have a family. And that family we understand in the new covenant is called the church. This has been his pattern, right? This is not something we're doing for him. This is something we're doing with him because he has already been doing this. It is Jesus who is going to be building this church. Linton and Sarah are called there to make disciples. And yes, ultimately will be called to lead a local church, but it's Jesus who is building the church. So they're not going there to build a church for Jesus. Jesus is going to build a church. They're going to make disciples. We get that? We are in partnership with God. The church um, is not the originator of God's mission. We have to know that. The church is not the originator of God's mission. God's mission has been his mission, and this is a mission that he has co-missioned us with. So we are on mission with God, but it's not our great idea. Hey, wouldn't it be a great idea if we plant churches? Like, it's not, it's not like that. We didn't come up with this grand scheme. This is God's mission that we get to be a part of. God's mission gave birth to the church, and we have a, a, a mandate, listen, friends, to multiply after ourselves. That is personally and that is corporately. So just like you have a mandate to multiply after yourself, say, say this to someone next to you, I have a mandate. God has a mandate for your life. Listen, what does multiplying after yourself look like? You are a believer in Christ. You are called to multiply that very thing. You are to preach the gospel to the people in your world so that they can come to know Jesus. That is multiplying after yourself. So that's personally and then it's same corporately. We have planted a church in East Los Angeles that's called Restoration LA. We are multiplying after ourselves today to a church in Huntsville, Alabama. Name to be released at some point. I don't know. I can't wait to celebrate that. So multiplication is giving birth, 
right? And, and how many of you know when, when you give birth, it's painful? Men, you don't know this. Women, you would know this. Unless your wife was a little abusive in the labor room, I don't know. But you might know that some of that. <laughs> some of you wives are giving me, oh, sorry. Multiple, but giving, um, giving birth is painful, right? It, it, I mean, it, it's not easy. It, it's not easy to release some of our best. It is not easy for them to uproot and go, right? It, it, it's, it's a painful thing, right? It's not easy for them to uproot their children who have grown up here, two of them born in East LA and, 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 their, and their friends and their community and all. It's not easy, but it's God's way. And it's God's way. Are you with me? Number three, uh, why we plant torches. Listen, in order to claim an inheritance, in order to claim an inheritance, there is an inheritance in Huntsville, Alabama for the Lord that he is sharing with this couple. It is an inheritance of those who are bound for a place called hell, who God is wanting to rescue. Dead people coming back to life, not making bad people good, an inheritance of people that God has in Huntsville, Alabama. And he is asking this couple to go and find them. Isn't that powerful? We're going for an inheritance, right? Neighborhoods and nations. Neighborhoods and nations, right? There's an inheritance of, of the land. We see this in um, Exodus 15, 17, right? The inheritance of the land. We see uh, um, like the landscape, right? Uh, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama is a very different place than East LA. It's a new inheritance. It's a new land. It's a new opportunity for God to do something amazing, right? Um, local church churches are called, listen, friends, to be a foretaste of heaven. And that's what they are going into in Huntsville, Alabama, this inheritance that God has in, um, over there. And so when do we plant churches, right? So common thinking would say something like this. Well, let's make sure that we are a really large church and that we have enough people and enough money and enough resources. And then when we have enough, then we will plant churches. That's just not the way God works, right? I mean, it, it's kind of like family planning, right? A lot of people are like, well, you know, once I have the right job and we have the right home and we have the right things and all of these things, then we will do it. Um, it's not, you're, you're never going to have the right everything and enough money because kids will suck your bank dry. I'm just telling you that right now, right? We're, we're never ready for this. Listen, these things have to be friends. Honestly, they have to be God-ordained. They have to be God-ordained. And if we're waiting to have enough people, listen, we don't have enough people. And if we're waiting to have enough money, listen, we don't have enough money. It's a trust in the Lord and it's God ordained. It, it's never going to be the right time, right? Church size isn't going to matter. Um, so it's not only when we're big enough. Church size, uh, uh, my friend um, Steve Selber says, is, is an incredibly lazy measure of success. Church size is an incredibly lazy measure of success. I mean, just think about it. How many huge churches out there do we know that are not planting churches, that are not multiplying? They have tons of resources, tons of people resources and financial resources, and yet no one is being sent 
to do this very thing that God has ordained in scripture, right? And so church size doesn't matter. Um, what are the biblical measures of success? Those are the things that, that we have to measure by, right? So, so it's not only when we have enough money, um, but listen, as a church, we need to steward those finances. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased to know with, I mean, we can never give them enough resources, but the resources that we are, are sending them, they're significant. From a church this size, they are significant. Um, yeah, I think um, it's significant. Um, I was blown away by the generosity of this church to know what we are sending them with. It, it's, it's, it's not chump change. Um, and it, and I've, I've told, we've told them as an eldership team um, that we hope they buy a house with what, what, they, I mean, what, they, what we're giving them. Um, because in order for them to be able to get into that place and establish a church, their family needs to be established. Um, and so, man, we're, our, our hope and our, our dream is that they're able to do that um, sooner than later. So we have to know that we have to steward our finances. And listen to this. We have to sow into other church plants. And so we can very easily look at our finances and say, hey, we're a little church and we only have a finite amount of money. And so we shouldn't be giving this amount of money to church plants. I mean, that, that is con completely contrary to the heart of God. Completely contrary to the heart of God. So we don't do it uh, when there's enough money. We don't do it when we're big enough. We can't do it only when we have leaders to replace those who plant, right? I mean, these people are leaving a huge hole in the life of our church. It's taken a year to like scoot people to different home groups. And, and, and I mean, we're still figuring out how we're going to take care uh, of some of the numbers that Linton crunches because he's so good at it. Um, so I mean, they're leaving a huge hole. We can't wait. Okay, well, it isn't until all that stuff sorted out and then we'll let them go. No, it's, it's not the way it works, right? And it's not only uh, when uh, the, the leader of the team is ready. So it's not only when I'm ready. Can't be like, well, Linton and Sarah, you can't go because I'm not ready yet. Just think about parents. Some point, your kids are going to go. When are parents ready for that? Never. I mean, I, as much as I want my kids to, like, go, I'm still not ready. I'm still not ready, right? And so it can't be only when we're ready. This is not based on us. This is God-ordained. Our hearts must be soft, listen, friends, and our hands must be open. Our hearts must be soft and our hands must be open. And so... I pray as you're thinking about this, and some of you who, who love Linton and Sarah, that you're not upset with me because I'm sending them. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God and God's call in their life. Amen? Okay, and so how do we, um, how do we ch um, church, uh, uh, plant churches? And this is a, a, a um, formula that uh, I've got from Steve Sudworth and like this. Um, God, birth, vision, and revelation, right? Ephesians 1.10. Right, through God, birth, wisdom, or vision, and revelation, um, the sentenced lived out in everyday life, the number of followers of Jesus who are being activated in order to go, uh, the anointing of God, and multi-generational. This is how we plant churches, with all of these things in mind. All of these things in mind. And so here's eight characteristics of the early church that um, I need Linton and Sarah to pay attention to and us to continue to pay attention to. Um, number one is the lordship of Jesus. 
This was a characteristic of the early church. This is a characteristic that has to be the ethos of the church that you will be planting. Number two is they understand they understood that they were a sent people. So I know you know this, but there's going to be times when you're going to be like, did God really say Huntsville, Alabama? And you have to just be convinced that you have been sent. You are a sent people. Um, the early church knew they were a sent people. And this is what allowed them to suffer persecution and suffer all the hardships that they suffered. Um, the characteristics of the early church is understanding that they, you're the body of Christ. You are a part of many. You are not alone. You will never be alone as long as you are continuously inviting partnership and partnership with us as those who are sending you, partnership with the apostolic team that I, I, I um, am faith-filled that you're going to continue to partner with, right? Um, a characteristic of the early church is servant leadership. Serve your people well. Serve your city well. This is going to be the first thing that you're going to learn. You're going to get it and you're going to serve. A lot of times people have this idea of planting churches and believe that they're going to be, you know, a lead pastor from day one. Um, you are going to be a toilet bowl cleaner from day one. Um, um, serve your people. Well, servant leadership is something you're going to model, something you're going to teach uh, and release people into as well. Um, community, but listen, not just for community's sake. I mean, we, we can get tr very tribal, and you probably experienced some of that in East L.A. when you first got here. People who love East L.A. are all about East L.A., but it can't be community for community's sake. It is community for the sake of the kingdom, right? It's not community for us alone, because if it's just about East L.A., then we don't have a heart for anyone else. And so it can't be community for community's sake. We are building a heavenly community. And even in Huntsville, Alabama, you'll probably start feeling some tribalism when you get there. But no, remember, it is community for the kingdom's sake, right? Um, don't forget, use homes. Use your home. When, when, when saints become get gathered with you, start using their homes. Allow the church, the organic life of the church to spread through households. It's the biblical pattern we see. They met in each other's homes and they shared food and they devoted themselves to all the things that we see in Acts 2.42. Uh, continue that pattern. Um, you, you have modeled this so well since you've been here. I, I have no doubt that you're going to continue that, but this is my reminder to you. Um, number seven, uh, growth on the edges, right? As much as you're called to plant a church, your church is not going to be the center of the universe. You have to allow there to be growth on the edges, right? There has to be a, 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 an, an expansion, even from your local ethos of who, who you're called to be. And so maybe you're going to be, you know, downtown Huntsville. Don't forget the edges. Don't forget uh, not only the physical geographical edges, do not forget those who are living in the margins. Don't forget the poor. Don't forget the the sick, the widows, the orphans. Don't forget that. Um, and then lastly, characteristics of the early church um, is the power of God. The power of God. You are being sent to be a witness. Acts 1.8 says, you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do some amazing things. Do not limit that to preaching. Know that God is calling you, empowering you to heal the sick, to perform miracles, to see the Holy Spirit move in significant ways for his glory. Know that you carry this power. Um, your boys carry this power. And God is going to want to see you demonstrate that thing in wonderful ways.
as you land in Huntsville. So um, now what? <laughs> so we see eight characteristics of the early church. We see how we plant. We see why we plant. We see when we plant. Um, now what is faith? We step out in faith. And so um, Val, if you can do me a favor and get, if you can get the kids here, and I, I specifically want the Patrick boys here. Um, today I'm going to um, be laying hands on Linton and Sarah as we send them um, to Huntsville to an, uh, this amazing work. At some point after this young church is established, uh, Linton and Sarah will, will invite apostolic um, input into the life of, of this new church that is going to be birthed. Um, and at some point, um, someone is going to lay hands on Linton and ordain him as an elder of this local church. Um, one of the patterns that I absolutely kind of love in this story um, is that though we really believed that Linton was called to be an elder, um, kind of about the time we were considering and setting him in was the time that they heard God that they needed to go. <laughs> and so it, it, was, it, was, um, it was really a timing thing. Um, since they've come, we've understood that they have carried anointing. Since they've come, we understood that they have been called. Um, since they landed with us, we, it was, it, their shepherding gift was absolutely apparent to us. Um, and so as we release them into this work, I, I want them to know wholeheartedly that they are anointed by God to go and do this beautiful thing. Um, and so um, I wanted to give a few things to the, to the kids if I could. And so you guys good? You doing all right? Liam, are you already looking at that thing? You looking at this thing? All right. So listen, I got this for you guys. And you guys are going to have to share. Um, maybe mom will let you have one on the plane. But um, a couple of things for you. God has so much fun in store for you guys. Do you remember when we went to Huntsville um, and we went to that space station? Yeah. You remember like those huge rockets? You remember all those cool things? I really felt like there's going to be some like stratosphere fun for you guys when you guys land in, in Alabama. Um, God is going to send you guys some amazing friends. I think you guys are going to um, fall uh, in love with your new town. I think there's going to be cool parks and there's going to be all kinds of like open areas that you, I mean, you guys think you have a cool yard, your yard in Huntsville, I think is going to be like 10 times bigger than the one here. Right. And so, um, I believe God's going to have so much fun for you. Second thing I felt, um, that it is going to be a sweet journey, a sweet journey. And what I mean by that is I know it's going to be feel hard to leave your friends here, and we're going to miss you, but just know we're always going to be in partnership and relationship, and I believe you guys are going to come back here, and we're going to be going over there, and so it's going to be so fun. And so what I want you to know that you guys are going on a sweet ride, this is going to be the funnest thing that you guys have ever done, ever done. And when you look back at what you and your family are doing now, you guys, in a few years, I know it's hard today, but in a few years, 
you guys are going to be like, wow, that was the sweetest thing that my family ever did, right? So you guys have to share this, okay? You, Silas, you have to share this with your brothers, dude, right? And when Cruz wakes up, you guys can pick one for him too, okay? You can, I'll let you guys hold it, but let mommy tell you when you can eat it. Is that good? All right, cool. All right, you're welcome. All right. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Sarah, this is for you. Um, I know you're only going to be here for a few more days, so I don't know how good flowers are going to do. Um, but it was the only kind of prophetic picture I can I can give you as as a spiritual mother. Um, you are going to be walking into um, spiritual motherhood. You are going to be mothering a local church, and and that's a big deal. And I know you know how to mother boys, but now you're going to be like mothering women and um, some men and um, all kinds of crazy kids and all this kind of, right? Um, and I just really believe that God's going to give you like a supernatural grace for that. Um, but I also want you to know um, that you don't have to be the mother in the way you see other people's mother. mother you know what I mean? Um, God, God's giving you very specific gifts and, and you and Linton will work as a team um, and you guys will lead well, um, but don't make anyone make you be anything that you're not created to be. Um, and so um, you have a mother's heart, follow that. Tap into your heavenly father's characteristics and mother well, mother well, listen well, love well, lead well. Um, and I really believe that when you look behind you, you're going you're gonna to see um, just an amazing inheritance that God has given you. Um, I think you have sistered so well, um, but you're stepping into a whole new arena. And so I just wanted to honor you as a new spiritual mother. So, yeah. all right. So, Linton, I, I ordered you a Bible, um, and it hasn't come in. So um, I, I, I did have these. Um, honestly, I had these I wanted to give for ceremonial purposes. And so um, this is just a, a clean Bible. It's just straight, nothing in it. Um, but I did write this for you. Linton, go and love Huntsville the way the Lord has loved you. Preach with love. Lead with love. Disciple with love. And watch Jesus build his church. The formula can seem pretty complicated. We're called to love. And when you do that, there's nothing Jesus can't do. And so I'm thankful for all that you have deposited, you both have deposited into our church. And so um, 
you're going to absolutely be missed. Um, but we are thankful that we're going to continue to be in partnership. I have a letter from Vanessa that I need to read to you guys. And so as I get that, I want you guys to come on stage because we're going to pray for you right now. All right. Um, yeah, elders and, and deacons, can you guys please be ready? I'm going to, but let me read this for Vanessa. Obviously, um, we have some very sick kids at home. So, dear Linton, Sarah, and boys, <clears throat> thank you for serving Restoration Los Angeles. Thank you for pulling up your sleeves and putting your shoulders to the plow to do a great work here in East Los Angeles. This fruit is in the love that people have for you and the deep relationships you have cultivated. It's left in the school the boys attended and in the ministries you've led and were a part of. It's in the long conversations and worn out needs from praying for those God has asked you to love and care for. It's in the boys when they speak of Jesus, walk in their unique gifting, protect those they love and light up a room when they smile. From the very beginning, your gift of faith has astonished me. Your willingness to go and your great ability to sacrifice to get where God has called you is admirable. Sarah, your ability to, um, um, to work with women and newcomers. I'm sorry, Sarah, your ability to encourage and strike up conversation on any, any given day showed your fearless connecting with women and newcomers. I often felt relief knowing that you were game to love those around you so effortless, effortlessly, a gift I needed being my introverted self, often in a crowd. Your love for people and your love for the word will shine this next season, and I'm looking forward to the praise reports of new relationships and maturity in the people God places in your path. Linton. Um, your dreams alone challenged me and those at RLA. The locals have fallen in love with you both and fall in love with you both and the heart of the nations are now sown into those hearts that you've touched, challenged and loved. They are forever and eternally changed because they were accepted and loved by you. Their faces are lifted to the horizon and vision is stamped upon their mind's eye. Thank you for prophecy, your passion, and perseverance. Many good things stood out about you, but what rose above them all is how you loved and cared for your boys. The way you led them is remarkable. Continue to serve and lead others the way you do them with the abundance of love and vision in the hope you have in God for their futures. Be willing to sacrifice for others just as you do them, following Jesus humbly, authentically with all that you are. The sheep God has waiting will be blessed and healthier for it. We love you both and look forward to our new future in God together. Boys, RLA's doors are always open. You come back and spend time with your Auntie Vanessa and Uncle Jody we will miss you. Kenzie and Judah will miss you. Jordan, Zeke, and Chloe will miss you, um, as well as every other human here at Restoration. 
We love seeing you grow. Um, we love seeing you grow, love Jesus, and lead your friends. We can't wait to see you next time and hearing all about the fun things happening in Alabama. Love you all, Vanessa. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hey, um, elders, would you guys mind coming up? And if those of you who are comfortable, I would love for you guys to come come up as well as we um, begin to pray for them. So we are having a potluck after this. And, and with that potluck, uh, we are going to also allow for time for those who want to give them an encouraging word uh, to share those words with them so that they will be able to, uh, to take those back with them. Um, from the eldership, is there anyone who, who would like to share anything? Um, or would you like to do it after? After? Okay, we'll do it all after. Okay, cool. All right. Well, then I'm going to lay hands on them, and we are going to send them with our full love and full blessing. Lord, we are thankful for these gifts that you have given to us. Thank you for entrusting them to us for this season. Lord, thank you for all that they have added to our church family. Lord, this beautiful gumbo that is Restoration LA. And they came and they brought their Louisiana South African mix. And Lord, we are better for it. But Lord, it's now a season for us to send, to send who they are with a bit of who we are, but more importantly, all about who you are into a new place that needs the gospel and needs biblical churches to make saints, to release all that God has for a city, to see people come to salvation, to see the nations reached from a new region. And Lord, you are trusting this beautiful family with that. And so Lord, we send them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I release a new anointing, a fresh anointing, Lord, an anointing that can only come from you, anointing that cannot be robbed, cannot be stolen, cannot be taken, cannot be diminished. Lord, I pray for faith, as much faith as this couple has, I pray for an, an extra measure of faith in this season ahead. Lord, we pray for the ground that they are going to land on. Lord, we pray it to be fertile ground. We pray for saints to be added to them quickly. Lord, we pray that um, this new or the organic life of this church will sprout up soon, and Lord, life will begin to, um, um, show, evidence of life will show up quickly, God. But I pray for grace, grace for each other. Lord, as they're going to be endeavoring to do the most challenging thing ever, Lord, they will have a new grace for each other in this season, a grace for their boys. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray, Father, for joy, for joy on the journey. Lord, that they will find themselves laughing soon. Lord, they will find themselves, uh, uh, Lord, just uh, with new friends in living rooms. Lord, just having tremendous times in you, God. Let it be so, God. 
Let it be so. May they be marked by that joy. May they be marked by the power of the Spirit, God. I pray to hear the supernatural coming out of like rivers from Huntsville, Alabama, God. Let it be so in Jesus' name. We release them with our love, with our full blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We have a gift for you guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have you guys talk real quick, so for sure. <laughs> so listen, um, I, I hope that you guys can stay and share some food with us. And, and um, we are going to be um, asking those who want to share some words, give some, give some testimonies or some stories or whatever it might be. Um, so we hope you can stay. We hope you're not going to leave. Uh, but I, I definitely want Linton and Sarah to be able to say something now, um, especially for all of those who might be online watching. So, Oh, here we go. Okay, so we wanted to get a gift for the church, but we want to just give it to Jody. I don't know if you'd mind opening it now so oh, everyone yeah, can sure. see. Sure. Um, to RLA, Psalm 2A, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Yes. Yeah, it's taped, so you might have to kind of rip it open. <laughs> um, Oh, very cool. Yeah, so it's a magnetic globe um, where you can put like little pins on it oh, so to cool. mark your travels, yeah. um, to mark what the Lord has done. I know that there are many little pins that you can already put on there because even before we moved here, you guys had ministered into Mexico for a long time. You guys had ministered into Australia. You guys have ministered into South Africa and probably many places that I don't even know about. But just as a just as a token and a reminder that God has given you guys the nations as your inheritance, and that as as there is a harvest in Huntsville, that that is from you guys. That is from this church. It's not, it's not just our inheritance, but it's your inheritance as well. And just thank you for loving and caring for our family from day one. We were reflecting yesterday how when we flew in, um, we just had Joseph and Liam. I, I was 30 weeks pregnant with Silas, and we just had our suitcases with us. I was in a very vulnerable place <laughs> and um, we were packing up yesterday and there's just boxes everywhere, tall towers of boxes everywhere. And I was like, wow, when we came here, we only had a few suitcases and now look how much stuff we have. And I thought, wow, that's such a, that's such a picture spiritually as well, relationally, that we came here with so much less than what we have now in the rich relationships that we have with you guys that are not ending today. Um, so you're not rid of us. You're not rid of us. We'll be back. Um, and just thank you. Thank you so much for having faith with us and for us and sending us because the word says that how can they go unless they are sent? So thank you guys. And we hope you come see us. We will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can get through this. Um, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for, first of all, uh, to the leadership, the eldership team, um, Joni Vanessa, that spear that team, 
to just say yes to accepting us the first time. <laughs> I think that was a faith step um, where we met once in person and the next time um, we were moving here, you know. Um, and and it's just God. He's knitted our hearts, you know. Um, for me, it's going to be hard to leave a family that God put us in. You can Your physical family, you don't get to choose. And the spiritual family, God gives you. Um, and just to love well, you know, um, and then just keep being faithful, get behind these leaders. I want to say they are leaders that have taught us how to love. They've taught us how to be love. Um, I just want to thank you and honor you guys, um, just for the way you lead. We haven't probably been the easiest people to lead. Um, but we've been those that we've loved, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it. We we've tried, um, and yet you've loved us in our difficulties, in our victories, in our lows, in our highs. You've been there for us and cared for us and loved abundantly and for all of the leaders. Um, but just to keep on going with God, it's crazy that this morning that there's someone from Huntsville visiting and just connecting. Um, and just how God's been so a part of this journey, it's incredible to know that God's called us to a city um, and then brings people to visit on the Sunday we go into plant out and then even just words that have come out of this um, church and even beyond. It's just incredible. Um, so I want to say, get behind the leaders. They, they're following Jesus. They're not following their own thing. And man, just get ready to you know, grow. But thank you. Um, thank you to Jody. Thank you to Ken, Brett and Steve. You guys have you know, just helped us grow mature and loved us um you know we were just looking yesterday reflecting it's as we pack in we we realize most of the stuff we've got is from the church um and and it's just the love right it's the overflow of the hearts um and so know that you're going with us um it's not you know we've told our boys we're not leaving we're growing it's a stretching um and so your 10 pegs of this is growing bigger. It's not a new tent in a sense, it's the tents growing. The tent pegs are going out and the nations are an inheritance. And that's why we got the globe. We just felt that you could put a pin anywhere and this church is reaching that area. Mm. Directly or indirectly, this church is reaching that globe and keep putting pins. You know? Amen, amen. Awesome. Hey, how about some big love for Jesus? <clears throat> So, hey, we um, are going to have a, a meal together after this. So it's going to start at 12. So it does give you about a, if, half an hour. If you um, haven't had a chance to bring something and want to bring something, you could do that. But we, we really love you all to stay and share a meal with us and celebrate with us. This is their send-off dinner, um, lunch, um, and we would love for everyone to stay that can and share words and just encouragement for them. So we're going to um, probably get kicked off in about a half an hour. And so also if, if for any reason you do have to leave, please make sure that you come and give them some love first before you do that. Um, and we are going to spend the afternoon loving on them. And then Thursday, please be praying. Um, um, we're going to be driving, and then Sarah is going to be flying on Saturday. Oh, Sunday. Sunday with the boys over. And so be praying for those travels and stuff as well. So other than that, we love you guys. We will see you all soon. I hope you stay for the meal. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.